uh, one of the things when you when we have this time together and we have kind of group meetings, it's interesting to just listen in and notice that the uh, most common feature of human experience, breathing in and breathing out, is not two people who have the same take on that. <laughs> Amazing variety of experiences around breathing and breathing out, you think. And there may be two kinds, maybe three kinds. But no, there are as many kinds of breathing in and breathing out as there are people. How did such a complex system come to be? This is, uh, you know, just uh, notice, well, this is, it's not the air that's doing that, is it? Um, <laughs> so this is the, the, the conditioned mind, the conditions of mind. Uh, these are the karmic accumulations. Now these affect karma is action. It also refers to the footprint that action lays down, the kind of patterns, the habit tendencies that, that action, and action goes a long way, it's more than physical action, the Buddha said of the three kinds of action or karma, verbal, physical and mental, the most powerful is mental and this is quite obvious when you consider it because it's the mind that leads everything so this is more than just um, more than just what are called the formations or the activities that is the inclinations towards aversion or love, you know, those particular enacted things, but it, it really also includes just the way we, our take on things, the way we, the way we perceive things, is also karmically um, inherited, you have an inherited pattern of, of perception, and perception is extremely significant, because perception is how something enters you, how you how you are involved with things, how things how you participate in things is perception. Because it's like perception is this reminds me of that. Perception is this means that. Perception is oh I see it's that oh, occurring. That's that act of ah, I see. That's perception. I, I understand that's perception. So what occurs was something that was out there becomes in here. Something that was out there in the universe becomes a dawning, something's catalyzed on the in here level. That's perception, so things enter you. And um, as one, so this is like a participation you realize that uh, the act of perception is the participation experience where you participate in the universe according to your capacity and the way that you participate. One can participate fearfully, one can participate joyfully, one can participate with, you know, with kinds of slight um, permutations on, on the way that one does that, wholeheartedly, half-heartedly, three-quarter-heartedly, you know, um, with all sorts of provisos because of the nature of perception. Having something into you is, you know, that this is uh, um, 
challenging. And they're disagreeable perceptions. We normally have quite a lot of reservations about, you know, how how we participate in things, how fully we can, what things remind us of. And so even the idea of, of meditation, you you know that those syllables, meditation, <laughs> meditation, that's four syllables, four little things. So what happens when you hear those those sounds? You know, what what does that imply to you? And you don't probably can't, can articulate it, but when you start to talk about it, maybe you get an idea of what what's really happening there. People like to use things like practice. They like to use things like uh, concentrating, um, and so on. And so, a particular you can actually you can feel a particular set of energy start to take over once you mention the word meditate, <laughs> and, and once a and doing anything, you know, certain, certain sense of doing things means you've got to work hard at it and get it right. That's that's the normal take. And so something that's that's we say this is you know, this is the the big one if you like. This is where we realization, you know, these kind of big terms like that, ultimate truth, realization, the unconditioned, infinite consciousness, <laughs> answer to all your problems, sort of thing. Well, you know, this is this is going to be a big, big push. Um, you know, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a walkover. This is going to be a big, major. So really, you know, clench up, get tight on this one, and really go for it. And uh, intensive practice. <laughs> this is a concentration camp with intensive practice. <laughs> And no slacking, okay. So you know you get that kind of thing goes right in there into your perception systems, and so something in you kind of tightens up and hardens up, and you go for it. And underneath that, something in you saying, oh, "The hell with this." Leaking out every night, leaks out, you know. <laughs> You want to bliss out on something, so it's you know down to the local store in the town or whatever. You know, some get some bliss, get some enjoyment. And I guess if you live here, it must be like this, you know, all the time. There's the, there's, there's the practice, and then there's the legitimate ways one can avoid it, <laughs> with some sense of it's okay. You know. So we got this. You do really honestly look at the way it is for you. You know, how many people would actually like to meditate all the time? And, and of course, your idealistic mind says, "Yes, I like to meditate, commit myself to Dhamma all the time." So the <laughs> voice chirps up, "Yes, sir. That's me. Yes, sir." <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. underneath it, I think, well, like an evening off now and then would be good, and. Uh, <laughs> So it's um, bring up the just the, just the question that this is not going to re- realize this is not going to bring around samadhi, so the unification of wholeness, 
you, know, it's, you set up a domination tactic whereby the control of the mind, the controlling systems, the duty systems, the work systems, the get it right systems, you know, you, you kind of put some energy into those, upgrade those, give those, you know, a task to do. So they, they rev up and they go for a while, you know, maybe a few days, it starts to get a little bit, you know, tired out, as it were. Every now and then you can kind of boost it up again. Uh, the feeling, you know, one can actually finally eradicate the defilements. I mean, it's a real Gestapo stuff when it, you know, when it <laughs> comes down to it. <laughs> eradicate defilements and then train and all. So when you actually um, practice something anapanasati, um, you know, in the way the Buddha taught it, it defeats those because you it defeats that that, that behaviour. You come, you snag first of all, you, you know, just following a breath and flowing. You can't, you know, Gestapo is not a particularly flowing experience. Um, and then they're getting getting it getting it action and no matter how many times one hears that you can still come across that getting it getting the achievement thing happening in the mind which and if you look if you feed it out you feel how how destructive that is how you lose heart you know, there's no appreciation in it there's no quality in it and how it makes you critical so I found this myself, to, trying to develop samadhi like that. And then in a monastery, you just get so critical of everybody. You know, somebody's terrible posture. You know, somebody opens the door loudly. You know, somebody's wearing their robes wrong. You just get so picky and, and critical because it, it heightens the critical faculties. This idea of getting a very sharp, you know, clearly defined breath uh, that, you know, that it accentuates the, the discriminative faculty and discriminative faculty, that which separates so, and the, but then discrimination leads to um, you know, segregation segregation leads to unrest and rebellion Is that you know the thing that we've exiled and rejected starts to lash back? So the experience is one of tremendous resolution and trying to get it clear, and with it, with but somehow all these kind of hindrances welling up. They didn't seem so manifest before. So we think that you know the hindrances are. Then you know well, sometimes people don't even recognise the hindrances occurring outside of the times that they're meditating. <laughs> If you contemplate anapanasati, just the, the way the Buddha taught it, and then move so that the first tetrad, just trying to feel your whole body, this can be very difficult if you're if you're 
getting a discriminative consciousness. So that's the first um, trap, you know. Can you can you suffuse? Can you extend that um, the breath through the whole body? And uh, so, okay, recognizing one can't, or it doesn't happen that way, or it's very difficult. You know, you see that because the way one's gone about it is very much one of discriminating and refining down to a particular point or location. And because one's put a lot of effort into that, you don't want to let it go. If you do let it go, then the thing just breaks up. Uh, the, the, The level of concentration just dissolves. Because one hasn't actually... Uh, cultivated the concentration in the right way. Concentration is enjoyment, an enjoyment experience. Um, the way the Buddha described it, um, saying that for one, for one whose body is uh, is balanced and at ease, there is no need to set up the wish. May I feel happy? May I feel relaxed in myself? Someone, they don't need. In other words, you don't need to make any effort to do that. If your body is is in harmony and the body energy is 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 balanced, then you will feel at ease. And for someone who is at ease, there is no need to set up the intention. May I concentrate? Someone who is at ease will be concentrated. In this way of the way the Buddha used the word, someone who is at ease, someone who is truly at ease. They will be, that is samadhi. Now, I mean, that's not very precise, is it? It's not precise in terms of object definition, which is where we feel most secure. When you say, well, it's when you get to that particular point on your breath, and you've got that, that, then you've got it right, you know. So, we look at samadhi in terms of object dependence. When you can feel so many breaths occurring in your nostrils, then, you, then you're there, you know, and you get this kind of tight experience. That's it. That sort of tight experience with various energies held down. <laughs> That's samadhi, but... Yeah. But, looking, but looking, just try looking at it another way. So instead of basing it upon an object now, just turn it around another way as an experiment and look more at the, the, the subjective quality. How about you? you know, forget about the breath. How about you? How are you, how are you feeling now? <laughs> yeah. And just sitting here, being sitting, walking, living here, how, do you, how does it feel? How do, those, how do those changes happen for you? When do you feel happy? When do you feel sad? when you feel you've got lots of things to do, when you feel life is just this. Uh, when is it that you, you find yourself um, feeling calm and easeful? And noticing that the, the, the times when one is, say, at ease, what's happening, Where's your, what's the energy like then? Just looking at, looking at that. What's the opposite of it?
there are some things one can recognize, like the, uh, that when there's something in the future that you've got to get to, there's a tension there. When there's something, any, any sense of got to, there's a tension there. Mm. Things start to get a little more solid. Flexibility begins to dwindle. When it's I must, there's a, the flexibility starts to dwindle. Uh, when the stronger the self-consciousness is, the sense of I am, I'm this, I'm not that, I am this, I'm not that, I must be this, I wasn't that, I will be this, then you get as a tightening. Just in terms of one's energies. Mm. When we're defending ourselves from things, when we're shutting things out, when we're defending ourselves from people and events and memories and feelings, there's a tightening, stress. When we're trying to perform and make ourselves into something, there's a tightening and stress. When there's comparisons and competition, there's a tightening and stress. So we begin, if you begin to contemplate these unwholesome patterns and relinquish those and make that work just working in terms of the mind the mindset the awareness Samadhi is the art of of refined enjoyment it's the care for collecting yourself to enjoyment in the present moment what we can experience and then, the, then if you want to enhance samadhi, then what you do is you just keep refining the time frame from a day to an hour to a minute to something you can't, you can say how long it is. This is samadhi when that enjoyment comes together at a, at a, in the present moment. Then there isn't any I am about it. It's just this. There isn't anything we have to do about it. Our lives work in terms of, uh, of the compartments. So you, we probably compartmentalize the retreat. You know, you set up a certain series of little pockets. My sitting, my walking, then free time. And sitting, walking, free time. <laughs> time for me and then sitting walking you know you know, I didn't get my hours of sitting in today and or whatever you know the dumber talk dumb talk this long this many times just this one this time right you know so you get this kind of very rigid feeling and you get that anything that sort of slightly goes out of pattern and feels you know confused and upset by or this is no way to, to live <laughs> you see what happens you know, that's, that's, the, that's the thought and the perception that's the thought which is set around control little zones this will, this will be like this, and this will be like this. I know what this will be like, so I can go in prepared for it, ready for it. I know what's going to happen, and I can do it for this period of time. 
and I know everything about it, and I have my cushion and this and that, and everything's set up straight, and I can manage that. And then the next bit will be defined by this, walking my walking path, maybe it's going to take over, and like this, you know. And then there's little boxes where everything is kind of been weeded out. Anything weird or untoward has been weeded out. So you get like this kind of sterile experience, like living in a laboratory. But then the weeds still pop up, don't they? Because you're a weed. (laughs) That's where it all comes from. And the beauty is weeds can live just about anywhere. They they burst out through, they come up through cement. The weeds are the real uh, lords of the planet. So, you know, you want to be more like a weed, really. Accentuate that, the the resilience, the robustness, the anywhereness, the spontaneity, the the qualities of the weed, rather than some kind of precious little orchid that uh, (laughs) can only survive in a hothouse with sprays and food, special things like this. And recognize that weed is just a name, isn't it? So that you know, it's, it's really just a flower. But we've learned to call it that. So some things we learn to decide are, you know, uh, unrefined and whatever. Because you, so you, your perception actually labels it in a negative pejorative state. You're trained to only accept the clinical. And the and the unreal, yeah, the unalive, the sterile, the pre-packed, the filleted, filleted life in sterile cling film, delivered in especially in doses. <laughs> so you know you like your immune system goes down. You can't actually handle raw stuff anymore. This is object. The object dependency. Go to awareness. Awareness can can handle anything. And it's a matter of the training is one whereby awareness, which is an unconditioned experience, has no conditions, but it, it, it allows and it takes on conditions. Awareness, when it's into into conceiving comes thought. Thought's okay. Right? When it's into uh, feeling and resonance, it becomes emotional. Emotions, they're okay, it's okay. Thoughts are okay, emotions are okay. When it's into reference, referring, we call it mindfulness. It refers to things as they are. That's fine. When it's just into enjoyment, this is samadhi. It's fine. But awareness is, is none of these in itself. It can be those. It's within all these things. Look at the awareness in a thought rather than the topic of the thought. That's, that's um, the actual way in which something becomes present in a thought. This is rather marvellous. You can get a thought like pterodactyl. And boom! There it is. <laughs> 
this is this is really wonderful thing, magical thing. Just in terms of you know something becoming present for you is what awareness is about. Something is present, and so thought is like a like a magician. Think something there it is. But like a magician, when it's gone out of control, so you've got pterodactyls flying around in your mind, you know, day and night, then it's 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 no fun because it, it's kind of you know it's gone haywire. But finding this balance whereby you can think when you want to think, and then oh, it's not time for that. Now instead, just go to uh, uh, enjoyment, which is a receptive experience which is not terribly precise in terms of objects. When you, when you learn to dance or play a piano, for example, you know, first of all you, have to, you get this time when you're, what's it called, uh, you have different stages of it. The first stage is incompetent and not conscious, which means you don't know what you're doing and you can't do it. Yeah. Then you get to be... Uh, Incompetent and conscious. That is, you you know what you're going to do, but you realise you can't do it. So you you have to work in a very wooden manner. You know, these are the steps, these are the gestures, and you kind of clump around and you figure out the keys. And then you get to be competent and conscious. You think you can do it, and you think, oh, I'm doing this. Is got it, got it together now. I'm like this. I'm like that. I'm doing really well. And most people think that that's that's the that's the pinnacle, but the pinnacle is actually competent and unconscious, which means it's just happening. You don't know how you're doing or what you're doing. It's just you're part of a flow. I'm using conscious, you know, in a particular way there. I mean, you're not inert or, or but there's no self-consciousness involved. There's no sense of I am doing it. You know? And something that you, when you get into a flow experience, which you can do in certain arts, crafts, sport, and so on, you don't know what you're doing. You feel it, you trust it, you flow with it, but you, you have no, you know, cognitive pattern happening, saying do this, do that, careful about. It's just it's just flowing. This is this is what samadhi is like. Competent, unconscious, or beyond conscious. So the consciousness mechanism is the is the discriminative experience. In terms of the mind consciousness, it discriminates between the subject and an object. In terms of visual consciousness, it discriminates between in terms of distance, light and shade. It breaks things up into that experience. Yeah, so your eye consciousness says that's a foot away, that's for ten feet away. It isn't, is it? It's just all there. But your eye consciousness discriminates. Your mind consciousness discriminates, saying, that's it, this is me. That's it, this is me. I'm in here, and you're out there. It does that all the time. Now, notice that doesn't just apply to what we call nominal external realities. When I am watching my mind, I'm in here, my mind's out there. Right? Then I am battling with the defilements. I'm here, there's the defilements. Defilements are out there, I'm here. You've got this kind of dividing line between the two. That's consciousness. That's the activity of consciousness sets up that line. And uh, samadhi is 
no, you know, you, you move over that line. Uh, and so there's the complete participation and, and enjoyment experience. Because as long as that line's there, there's always going to be position taking, nervousness, winning, losing, you know, that kind of experience. It's going to be um, transitory. And, and there's going to be a slight sense of either trying to protect that territory one has gained or the state one's got. We're trying to increase it or, you know, or losing it. So this sense of, of the release from all, all this tension which is grasping, which is this boundary creation. In the beginning stages of, of samadhi, then as you develop that, then you, you, you create, you have a boundary and you work within a large boundary, cleaning out the inner boundaries. So you've got the boundary of your, say, you know, your body experience. And then you start to sift out all the karma, like the strange energies, um, the, the distancing, the, the, you know, the, the losing it within that particular sphere. So that the, what I call the four foundations of mindfulness are the, the boundaries of samadhi. So you start off with the body boundary and you clean out all the inner boundaries within that. That is the, the, the um, unawareness of the body, the uh, inability to flow with the energies of the body, the congestions in the body as, a, as, a, as an experience, yeah? as, as, the, as the here and now experience of your body. So it's no longer cramped, tight, knotted, twisted, unbalanced. Um, there's fullness of body, and that's enjoyment. You don't have to do anything. You know, it's just being with your body. Just being a body is is enjoyable. Enjoyment means literally there is joy in it. One receives it joyfully. One participates in it joyfully. And joyfulness means there's no fear, there's no tension. There's no ought to's, there's no got to's about it. Right? So, and body is the, the, the primary or the first foundation. This is fine, you know. Just learn. Learn the, the essence of the practice within that. This is a, this is a safe, manageable boundary. It's the easy one because it's, it's tangible. It's gross. Can you enjoy your body? The sitting, walking, standing, the flows of it, the miracles of it. Yeah. And your mind, and because of that, your body trains your mind to stop printing all these con, you know, injunctions and controls and nervousness all over it. And, uh, and ignorance. Ignoring and forgetfulness and wrong-seeing, conceit and, dete- and shame and all that, and violence. So just cle- cleaning that out. So you begin to get within that the... Something that then Panya, wisdom, is understanding this process. So within that, there is the release. There is the release from fear. There is a release from worry. There is a release from tension. There is a release from ignorance. There is a release from making something out of it. So we liber- release is itself, you know, a graduated process. 
there is release to this extent within body. If we begin to, so panya wisdom, following that, learning it, knowing it, and knowing primarily not body so much, but just how to how to relate to that. Getting, learn, getting the you know the, the mind to to change its its behaviour. And this is something that, that you you can only do with with a body because your mind can't change itself. You know, it doesn't it doesn't it don't, you don't even know you've got no reference. You don't know what your mind is like until you put it onto something and see. Ooh, what's it like? You know, why is my body going like this? Why is my my breath like this? Your breath isn't like that. It's your mind is doing that. <laughs> And don't you think, oh, I must try and adjust the breath to get it right. <laughs> That's how, you know, there's nothing wrong with this practice, I'm just trying to adjust it to get it right way. <laughs> so, you know, so we can tinker with it and refine it and, you know, you know yeah. so all that, we keep projecting it onto the object, the way the the problem is, so you get extremely elaborate concoctions of, of formulations around around breathing. So it comes to the point you don't even want to hear, hear the word breathing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> don't come here, here with your breathing. You know, it's too painful because it sets off all those you know those intricate, convoluted mechanisms of, of the mind. That's 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 where it is, and in. You know, trying to un- unravel that through reference to the breath. You know, we are breathing, surely. And uh, you know, just starting to, to touch that. You know, if, you know, it's very simple. So just noticing how you, how, how you receive. So you're very consciously using the word receive because that's the least um, doing that can occur. Yeah. So you bring up that reflection, just receiving your breath, then that's probably the least amount of tinkering you can you can manage. Yeah. And so, first of all, that's one's receptivity is is is, is askew, so it's not very clear or sharp or bright. But enhancing the receiving, staying with it, and then. What can you receive? You can receive that there. You receive things in terms of patterns. It's like, you know, when you listen to a voice, you can you definitely know the difference between the sounds and the silences, whether you can understand the accent or not. <laughs> you get the you get the patterns occurring, the modulations, the speed that the, you pick that up quite quickly. So actually understand the words takes a little more different kind of attention, doesn't it? So you, you're, you're, the first thing you pick up is a pattern of sound or a pattern of sight and then you, you assemble that or the perceptions assemble that into a, a meaning experience. So just, but first of all, when you're breathing, just, just receiving the patterns of, of sensation. And then, then allowing yourself to enjoy that, 
to, to rest in it, to, to flow with it. Things will occur by themselves. The settling, if you have the inclination to settle and steady, that, that will come around by itself. The one who is, who is, is at ease with their body, there is no need to wish, may I be relaxed and enjoy myself. It is a natural thing. For one who is relaxed and at ease, there is no need to wish, may I, my mind become concentrated. It is a natural thing. These are the words of the Buddha. In terms of the object, flow is not a discrete object. It's you, you can't substantiate flow, and it's getting out of that of that habit of substantiating things, of putting edges around things, that is uh, an important um, relief or release for meditation. Things are verbal, things are dynamic, things are flowing. So our response to that has to be to be dynamic and flowing. You start to seize up and get rigid about it, trying to find a, a, a seized up rigid object, then you can seize up and be rigid about, call that concentration. Then goodbye flow, goodbye energy, goodbye joy. There's a certain sort of glee from it, one gets some achievement for a little while. Um, but that's all. But so extending your breath, extending that can only come when one has appreciated the breath not as some particular thing, but as a flow, and you're content with that. And just as once one is as appreciated a flow and is content with that, you you see a, a, a repeating pattern in it. Repeat a sign comes out of it, just as if you're watching waves break on a beach. As the, as the as the sea comes in, you notice a flash of light occurring as the wave crests. You see this like a stream of light as the wave tips over, a flash of light along the top of that wave, hmm? and you'll see that. And the next wave comes in, it will have a this same flash of light on it. Next wave comes in and flash of light on it. Now, so that when you look at a wave, a wave does take on a particular form that's repetitive. No wave is exactly the same as another, but you get the general impression of wave, and you get the general impression of that flash of sunlight from the top of the wave. And that's the kind of thing, the way that one does find a point within the breath experience. But it's through allowing it. So if you took hold of the wave and got a bucket and said, right, I'm going to get hold of that wave, put it in the bucket. <laughs> what happened, you know? What did it go wrong? I'm really trying hard here. So as the, as the breath waves in, noticing the flow, and then if you, if you stay with that, open up to it, you'll, you'll see, or you'll experience this Flash, and what that is is again, it's what your mind, what you, how you perceive it, and your perceptions are yours. You know, it may be something to do, it may be an emotional experience for you. It may register itself as a 
a certain joyfulness. Maybe something like that. Maybe quasi-visual. Maybe one slightly tactile sense of space or a sound. So when we're contemplating the breath, we're really looking at at a metaphor of the mind. And you have to look at a metaphor the way you'd appreciate a poem or a painting. You look at what, it's, what, it's, what it signifies. You don't kind of go up to the canvas and hook your nose on it. You, know, you keep it at a distance where your eye rests comfortably. And that's going to be different for different people. You know, some, your eye may rest comfortably on an object ten inches away, a foot away, two feet away, depending. But it's where you balance, you put that as to where you feel comfortable. Yeah. So that quality for focusing, where you, because the idea of focusing is to settle. So you want to focus in a way where you feel settled and you feel easy. Not confused or sleepy, but settled and easy. And that's the, that's the only point at which you'll actually experience a steady, breath sign. It can only happen at that point. And the point is in your own mental, your own psychological, your own awareness process. That's the point. It's not on a physical point. Where do you feel your energies come together, you feel settled and at ease. Get there. Let the breath pass through that time and time again. You, you find yourself neither snagging on it nor moving away from it. You find yourself settling into that. And then you, you begin to experience some kind of continuing tone. You like? It's another metaphor. That's, that's, your, that's your nimitta, your meditation impression. And then listen into that if it's something you, you experience more as a listening, listening into it. If it's tactile, feel it. If it's I've got an emotional base, resonate with it. If visual, uh, open to it. Mm-hmm. And then the beauty is something that's beautiful. The quality of, of that is it's beautiful. And beauty is what? What's a beautiful thing? Yeah, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? It's, it's where your mind feels delighted, charmed, moved, caught. This is joy. So the beautiful breath, or the beautiful meditation sign, sense of the beauty, can't hold beauty. So the relationship to beauty is something akin to devotion. You don't hold it. You, you, you're aware of it in a way that's something that's both loving and also respectful. It's like that. Uh, and because of that, then one eventually there's a kind of slight um, separation that you can feel. And then you give yourself to it. This is what the and this is a, of course, um, you know, something we're not used to. You may have done it to 
Yeah, I mean, you know, a particular person you may have found in your life who you you can do that with or have felt that with. This is, of course, marvelous. Um, but this is the uh, this this gesture of heart is the the next sign of samadhi. This gesture of heart of giving yourself to that. In this teaching, that then this is all done within, you know, within the, uh, uh, a careful, caring, uh, and there's a sense, there's restraint. It's not a kind of reckless experience. It's something that requires trust. Trust has to develop. Trust is not an easy thing. Um, but here, you just learn to trust yourself, trust your body. Don't feel too. You can trust your mind. You can trust your body first of all, <laughs> uh, and then some of those strange um, energies, those strange, you know, harsh states in the mind will be alleviated by that. So this is the way, the graduated way of doing it through body, because the body is something you can trust much more than your mind, which has got all that the heavy calm in it. And as one learns to trust and receives the blessings of that, it does alleviate these, um, it does in a way consume the, uh, all the rejected and exiled energies um, that, that uh, come around in our life. It does draw them in and transform them. So then the result of that is one can uh, begin to trust the mind and looking or picking up the blessedness of mind, not just its, its confusion, but the blessedness of it, the, the spaciousness of it, the miracle of it, the momentariness of it, the goodness of it, the lovingness of it. And these, then, all this uh, accessing this, so this is what will feed into the process of meditation. It, as I said, so simply you know, to, to uplift and to do and to uplift whatever's wholly good, what feels good, what gives you joy, what is um, conducive to your, to your heart's welfare, do that. You can do it in terms of action, speech, you can do it sitting, even meditating. (laughs) (laughs) 